Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Sydney was the first stop since we left India and my first encounter with a sea of white people. It was 1968. The only other brown faces at this airport were those of my parents and my brothers. My parents were at the counter confirming our connecting flight to Christchurch, New Zealand, and my brother was travel sick. As the oldest, I was assigned the task of helping him. And when I asked an official for directions to a bathroom, he looked at us as if we were something left behind by a dog. I cried all the way to Christchurch, where we alighted and prepared ourselves for the immigration and customs processes. My mother had brought all her spice mixtures in a separate suitcase, in case she had to abandon them. Once again, we were the only dark-skinned people in the room. Smiling eyes and faces greeted us, and after a quick rustle through our clothes and shoes, a customs official asked my mother to open her spice collection. The collection was neat, bagged, sealed, and labelled. Names of the spice mixtures meant nothing to the official, but everything to my mother. He peered, looked up at my mother, broke into a smile and said, Nothing would survive this concoction. Green Lane. School. First day of school and I feel overdressed. In a navy blue woolen gym tunic, white shirt, navy blue and white striped tie, a navy woolen jersey, navy blue gloves and a navy blue hat. I wear a navy blue blazer to complete the look. I am wearing tights for the first time and they are a restraining black sheath and make my legs look skinny. At home, all I wore was a white shirt and a light blue cotton skirt with socks and shoes. After some quiet reassurance, I step out. I am the only schoolgirl among all the university students. I wish I could fast backward to my old school, where my friends and I would wait for the school bus every morning and we'd scramble for favourite seats. I walk alone on Union Street that joins George Street and I spy another girl dressed exactly the same way as me. So, same school, Otago Girls High. She talks to me, my first unchaperoned conversation with a New Zealander, and of my age. I think I'm speaking perfect English, but I find myself having to repeat my words. I learnt later that I have an accent. We entered the iron school gates guarding an ornate brown brick building at the top of View Street. Two teachers greet us and look us up and down, and evidently having passed muster, we are allowed to enter the school grounds full of girls, all of us in navy blue. For the first time, I feel I blend in. I am excited and shaking ever so slightly. I am slowly making new friends through brief conversations during breaks. 
I mostly listen as I am trying to hear and understand New Zealand English. Words come out from their mouths with little movement of lips. Vowels and consonants are mixed up. It's a good thing I'm taking the science stream. I am learning school ground protocol and etiquette. I'm intrigued to see girls pull up their gym frocks to expose their thighs to the sun. Instinctively, I feel shame and most of all, worry in case I'm expected to do the same. When I get the courage to ask why they do this, I learn that they want to turn brown like me. You have a natural suntan, they say. I am baffled. I learn that girls go out with boys and much of the chatter during breaks is about boyfriends. I had lots of boyfriends and spent so much time with my brothers and their friends back home. But how girls talk about boys here is different. I sense that it would be hazardous to join in these conversations, except when they discuss the concept of virginity, when I boldly announce that my mother is a virgin. There is a moment of silence followed by hoots of laughter. I am embarrassed as I realize I've said something strange. I explain that all mothers are pure and chaste, like the Virgin Mary. Aren't all mothers pure like her? I realize how different this culture is to mine and how so much that was natural everyday behavior will now need to be boxed up, sliced up, or worse, never shared. That day, nonetheless, I made enduring friends. Invitation to Dance One sunny Sunday, the doorbell rings. I rush downstairs, open the door, and there is a woman with a bright lipstick smile holding a cake. You must be Suda, she beams. I'm Shona, and you're the dancer. She says she learned about me from a newspaper article about us, the Rao family, in the Otago Daily Times. I nod and ask her to sit down on one of the sofas while I take the cake upstairs to my mother, who follows me down. My mother introduces herself. Shona begins an enthusiastic conversation about how wonderful it is to have a Bharat Natyam dancer in Dunedin. I am excited to learn that someone in this part of the world has even heard about this South Indian classical dance form. She tells us that she teaches modern dance, the Bowdoin Visa dance style. It is obvious from the way Shona speaks that she is in love with dance. Shona has come to ask if I could teach her students Bharat Natyam. Those words send me into a spin. Teach Bharat Natyam? My dance teacher had a dance lineage going back hundreds of years. His family were dancers and dance teachers. The art was handed down from father to son over many generations. I was lucky to be born after taboos about girls and women learning and performing dance were lifted primarily due to two pioneering women in the South Indian dance world, Rukmini Devi and Bala Saraswati. Both of these enlightened women were taught by teachers like mine. But teaching dance is something else in India. The role of a teacher or guru, particularly in the arts, is a special one. A dance teacher's respect is earned not only for mastery in the art form, but for the deep knowledge of Indian philosophy classical and secular arts, 
that a guru holds and shares with his or her pupils, or shishya. My dance teacher, whom I had left less than a month ago in Pondicherry, brought me into a world of music, movement, storytelling, an understanding of the natural world and how to use these images to make dance. His voice, language and directions transformed the dance class into another world. He taught movement sitting on a mat with his tattakari, a special wooden stick used for keeping time, the sound resembling that of a mirdangam, a two-sided drum. It is a guru's musical instrument, a rhythm maker. Bharat Natyam is a way of seeking one's own ecstasy. How on earth am I going to instill all this in a land where my world is so alien? I am sure my mother will not agree. My mother gently thanks Shona and explains how I might not be ready for this responsibility. Shona's enthusiasm is difficult to ignore and we agree that I could try it with no obligation to continue. I am spinning. I hadn't dared dream that there was even the slightest possibility of engaging in dance in this land. How on earth am I going to take on the role of a guru? I have two weeks to formulate a plan. The Moray Play Studio It's cold. I climb two sets of stairs and hear piano tinkling and a woman's voice keeping time and shouting orders. It sounds nothing like my dance class, where one heard the unique sound made with tattakari while my teacher softly vocalized the dance sequence. I don't have a tattakari, but I will use my hands to clap the rhythmic sequence. I knock shyly, then repeat, more loudly each time, until someone hears and opens the door. Oh, Suda, it's you, beam Shona. There are twelve or so dancers in a very large room on a beautiful wooden floor. The female dancers' age range from similar to mine to women probably in their twenties. The dancers are not dressed like me. Their clothing fits their bodies tightly and looks immodest. As I walk across this floor, it feels different to the floor of my dance class at home, which was made of a soil-cement mixture, polished and red in colour. Very cold. Shona invites me to sit while their dance sequence is completed. I choose a spot that I think will be a good place from which I can take class. The dance movements include a lot of touching, entwining of bodies and jumping and landing. They travel across space with their legs wide apart, arms floating as if trying to hold on to the air above their heads. I watch with awe and embarrassment the basic Bharat Natyam stance requires knees bent and opened out so they form a diamond shape, the Aramandi. This open look, uncovered, is unthinkable. Note to myself, if I am to take another class, I will request that they wear something that covers their lower limbs. What I am about to teach couldn't be more opposite to what they have been doing. I explain that the basic steps are purely rhythm-bound and involve their lower limbs only while the upper body needs to be still, controlling breath. But before we start class proper, there are a set of mudras, or gestures, we have to perform, called namaskara. These serve to pay our respects to Mother Earth, 
symbolizing a higher spirit, and to the teacher. I have to demonstrate, as they do not know any of the Bharat Natyam dance terms or any Indian words to understand what's required. My teacher would be bemused. Oh, if only he were here. It gives me momentary pleasure as I close my eyes and transport myself to stand before him. I feel stronger. In explaining the meaning of the set of gestures, the aesthetics of the movement, timing and tempo, I talk eagerly and easily about my dance. Half of my time has already been taken to learn the namaskara. For the first time since I came to this land, an hour has felt like a few minutes. At the end of my first class, I'm asked if I could take class again. I go home elated and exhausted. I have no words for my parents, but I am sure my smile says it all. That day I learned joy that comes from unexpected circumstances. I learned how gurus exist everywhere, and I have carried mine with me to this land. And so, when my father wanted to talk to us about something exciting or important, he would sit on a chair with my mother at his side, and an air about him that meant he was expecting our full attention. We would sit on the floor cross-legged. And so, on this day, a Saturday, he gathers us after lunch and sits on the sofa with my mother at his side. He talks of our family, how we used to live back home, how always to look for good in ourselves and others, how traveling away from home is an adventure, and like all adventures, some things will be exciting, and some things are sorrow-making and, more importantly, confusing. I can see he's choosing his words carefully, and his voice trembles now and then, I see my mother's lips are quivering, even though her head is bent. But he also talks about the opportunity to learn about other peoples and how we can still play cricket and how we can look forward to going back home. We four children are quiet, really quiet, as an invisible ribbon winds around us. I think it is the Dunedin sun embracing us. to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.